friends can be foes when the timing suits them. And there is no denying that some people are really good at pretending to be someone else in order to get close to their unsuspecting victims. Though friendship can be one of the most fulfilling types of relationships that there are, sometimes they just get you killed. My name is Brianne, and I'm the host and creator of Among the Dirt and Trees, a show where we explore true crime cases that occur out in nature. This is part two discussing the murder of Madame Mertens, a widow who met the wrong person at the wrong time and paid the ultimate price. If you haven't heard part one, head over and check that out first. When we last left off, Madame Frigard had just stolen Madame Merton's money, and she was growing increasingly paranoid about getting caught. She needed more money for her big investment, and she had no plans of going to prison. So, naturally, she decided to cover up her crime with another crime so she wouldn't get caught. I know, it makes perfect sense, right? Madame Frigard went out for a meal with her dear friend, and it was determined that she used poison to knock Madame Mertens unconscious at this meal. When Madame Mertens fell asleep in the forest, Madame Frigard decided to finish the job by suffocating her by applying pressure to her trachea and kneeling on her essential organs. You know, like a good and compassionate friend does. Unable to fight back and clearly at a disadvantage, Madame Mertens died from the attack. At this point, it is believed that Madame Frigard posed Madame Mertens to make her look like she was simply lounging in the grass. Then, she returned to the hotel where they were staying. Back at the hotel, the stories began. She claimed that the young woman strayed off into the forest and that the two were separated somehow. She played every part, the fearful and worried friend. Then, she told the hotel of her plans to meet her friend at the train station, hoping that she would be there. When she got there, obviously Madame Mertens was not there and was not coming. So, Madame Frigard, with no lack of appetite, ordered a meal, which she paid for by pawning one of her newly acquired jewelry pieces. I'm sure it was at least nice to have it for a day or two. After she ate, she hopped on the train, and she left town. But she wasn't going home. At least not yet. Instead, she went to Madame Merton's home, where she stole more of her checks and withdrew all of the funds available in her account. I'm assuming that she didn't think anybody would notice because Madame Mertens was a widow. She took the money and went back to the warehouse owners with the intent to purchase the warehouse immediately. Unfortunately, her plans didn't exactly work out. By this time... Madame Merton's body was already found, and police grew suspicious about this new turn of events. As they asked around, their suspicion only grew. 
Some of the local people commented that Madame Merton seemed to get sleepy and sick nearly every time the two of them went to dinner. So, that's a little odd, obviously. This was how they determined that Madame Merton's was, in fact, being drugged, and they almost immediately found evidence of arsenic in Madame Frigard's possession. This is where the court proceedings and the true chaos really came out. At this point, they decided that it was Madame Frigard. But there was something kind of hilarious and unusual about this, and... While I'm sure it was largely a matter of court rhetoric from lawyers and probably some old-timey sexism, there was this deep focus on the attractiveness of these two women. And it actually does kind of play a role in the story. See, the general belief was that Madame Mertens was absolutely stunning, and being a widow, she was the closest thing to a free agent that you could be at the time as a woman. Story said that she captured the attention of countless men and was known to keep several lovers. Madame Frigard, on the other hand, was basically described like an awful old hag. They really dragged her and used this narrative to basically show that Madame Merton's death was a case of anger, jealousy, and resentment. It was very Snow White. I mean, come on, Madame Frigard was... 35, so basically a walking corpse in the 1800s. Here was this spiteful older woman vengefully killing and robbing a young beauty. Obviously, she really was a murderer, but the stories around it were just kind of dramatic and funny. So that's what they said, and maybe that's where Madame Frigard got the idea for her story. She claimed that she knew who killed Madame Mertens, a man that she referred to as Williams. At this point, it's important to note that there was never any trace of any Williams, but Madame Frigard was insistent that he was real. She claimed that the two women were set to meet up with Williams, who was one of Merton's many lovers. When the three of them got together, she realized that they were lovers and politely excused herself from the situation. While I'm sure most of us would appreciate being given alone time with a special someone, it certainly seems a bit convenient that this Williams was left alone with the vulnerable young Madame Mertens. But maybe it was a crime of passion. Maybe Mertens was killed as a result of a lover's quarrel. Maybe Williams only developed an interest after Madame Frigard was heard ranting about her friend's considerable wealth. You're probably not buying this, right? Well, the courts didn't either. They found Madame Frigger guilty of the murder, and at this point, she really just went wild with her stories. Upon learning that no one bought her tale, she doubled down. She shared more facts about the supposed relationship, and they were not flattering. She declared that Williams wasn't only Merton's lover. According to Madame Frigard, Williams was also her lover, and he actually liked her a lot more than he liked Merton's. 
The two desperately wanted to be together, so Madame Frigger decided to give her friend a drug to sleep so they could elope. They feared that Madame Mertens would be unbelievably upset if she were to find out the truth about their companionship, so they decided to go with a plan to drug her and then run. Totally normal, right? I'm not an expert on French marriage laws in the 1800s, but I have to assume that this would have been a problem considering she was already married and had a family back home that she was sending money to. But maybe that was allowed in this area. Or maybe she just wanted to prove that Williams was more attracted to her than Merton's because she was sick of it being brought up in the court case. Either way, it was a very weird addition, and then it got worse. She said they weren't just eloping and in love. She was actually pregnant with his baby. Again, at this point, she was already found guilty. There was no reason to keep going, but she couldn't stop. She insisted and never once admitted to killing her friend at least not intentionally. But there was more to the story. It turns out that Madame Frigard actually was pregnant with a baby. We don't know whose baby. It might be a stranger. It might be her husband's. It might even be the child of a mysterious man called Williams. But nobody cared. And as it turns out, Madame Frigard didn't care either. She had her baby, and reports say that she wanted nothing to do with it. She had the baby and didn't even want to see it. Instead, she let the baby go to a wet nurse at the hospital to be fed, and that's all we know. Interesting enough, We don't actually know where she ended up or what the final outcome was for her crimes, just that she was found guilty. Things were different back then, and a woman committing a murder wasn't exactly normal. And this is kind of something that carries over in society today, this belief. The numbers show that men kill a lot more people, but some people wonder how true that really is. A lot of people believe that there are a lot of female serial killers hidden in the medical field and that they're like secret black widows preying on people using drugs and targeting vulnerable people who can't fight back. When it comes down to it, there is no sex or gender linked to murder. Anyone can be a killer, and sometimes you don't know how dangerous a person can be until it's too late. It's a good reminder to always be wary of new friends. Especially the ones that want to be best friends a little too quickly. Sometimes, they really just don't have your best interests at heart. So, if you want to discuss your worst friends growing up, secret women serial killers, or the dangers that come with strangers, contact me on Twitter or Instagram using the tag at datpod. Thanks, guys. <laughs>